Welcome to the About Sex Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me, as always, is Angela Skirtu. Hi. She's our resident sex therapist. (laughs) Tell us who you are, Angela. So I'm a licensed marriage therapist and an ASEX certified sex therapist. Cool. And we have two special guests today. We have Kendra Holliday. Hello. Hello, Kendra. You are... Who are you? Oh, I am a mother and the co-founder of Sex Positive St. Louis, and Mm. I do personal consulting, and I also do sex surrogate work and sex work. Awesome. And also, your partner, Matt, is with us today. Matthew. Matthew. Hello, Matt. Hi. Good to see you. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Okay, so let's get right into it. We're talking about sex surrogacy. So can you explain to us real quick what that is? It was funny because one time I went to an ASECT class and they told the group that I was going to be talking about surrogacy and I came in and sat down and then they said, well, how many babies have you carried? (laughs) 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 They they didn't know and it was kind of awkward. Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) You're like, that's not the surrogacy I'm talking about. Yeah, a little bit. And a lot of people don't know about sex surrogacy, so why don't you give us a play-by-play? Right, yeah, the word (laughs) surrogacy is kind of strange, but um, they also call it surrogate partner. And what it is, is it's a form of hands-on sex therapy. It is intimate work with Mm -hmm. somebody to help them overcome an issue. So what kind of issues do you generally work with? Yeah, there's, I I always lose count, but there's five most common. Yeah. One is sexual dysfunction, such as erectile dysfunction or rapid ejaculation. Mm -hmm. Another one is inexperience, like adult virgins. Mm Mm-hmm. There's also uh, people who are on the autism spectrum and have social awkwardness. I see. And then there's also people who have disabilities that are physical. Yeah. Um, and also trauma. Trauma. So people mm-hmm. who have had some sort of trauma in their past that has interrupted their um, functioning. So yeah. A disability is anything that interrupts your activities of daily living that you have to adapt to, mm-hmm. and that counts for those kind of things, too. Yeah, if it and stops your jump, ability to have a regular sex life. Or I want to jump right. in real quick to kind of put in a difference between what Kendra does and what right. I do. Yeah, so, I was about to ask that. Yeah, so, no, Angela, I'm hey, on it. I'm on it. hey, Angela, what's the difference between a sex therapist <laughs> and a sex surrogate? Well, so a sex therapist, we only do talk therapy. We are trained mental health therapists, and we all have to get a license in some sort of mental health treatment. And then we get a certification on top of that to provide talk therapy. There are some exercises we may suggest for people to do. They do that on their own. But they do that on their own. And then we're like an accountability partner that they come to. And we talk to about like troubleshooting and how to make sure that they're following through. But there is a step beyond for people who really need. My husband keeps telling me to focus on the mic. Yeah, there's a step beyond that. Basically, you know, if if the the, these talk therapy treatments aren't helping, that sometimes people need a hands-on therapist, and that is where Kendra, you come in. Yes, more of a sex surrogate. And I don't have any license. I don't have any letters after my name. This is all something that I've cultivated. You're self-taught. Yeah. 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 Interesting. What I also call a sex enthusiast. Sex enthusiast. (laughs) Or a sex explorer, as you put sex on your bio. I love that. Yeah. It's like Jules Verne down in the sea. Yeah, and I think, I don't know what your sex life is like, but... Pretty awesome. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but I... That's um, an interesting one. <laughs> I think that you've done a lot of research and study and academic mm-hmm. work and mm-hmm. papers and all that, and probably experiments, like research lab kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I do read a lot and i do research but it's 
a lot of real life stuff. So if, if oh, there's yeah. something that is out there, it's likely I've experienced it for real instead of just yeah. read about it or hear about it and find, you know, it's I have hands on immersive and then it helps me relate better to the clients. Because awesome. you've gone through it in some way. So you can kind of talk about any of the hijinks that are involved in that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's so important to yeah. uh, focus and have open communication and deal with the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah. You can't mm-hmm. just stay in that um happy lane right you have to dig in a little bit mm-hmm. so let's go to like one of the examples like you said you deal with people with erectile dysfunction mm-hmm. or what was the other one rapid rapid, rapid ejaculation. ejaculation how would you help somebody with that like um well there are i might ramble a little bit no but, go uh, with <laughs> i, I want to know yeah. yeah um so i have all of my theories and i'm a little bit woo woo and stuff mm-hmm. but i feel like uh, men that's are... scientific term <laughs> yep. oh no i think i think men are quite obsessed with penises in general oh they yeah. love their penises oh yeah they really do but they're always there though <laughs> their so, yeah. penis is like their focal point and it is kind of a symbol of them mm-hmm. and so if their penis isn't behaving the way they want to if it's not getting erect when they want to it's not listening if it's, to what they're telling it to do yeah, yeah there's yeah. the head and then there's the body mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sometimes they don't cooperate the way you want but it doesn't necessarily mean you're broken it just means that you need to find some workarounds or get more experience or practice mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. or as i say they're putting too much pressure on him you know too oh. much pressure on the penis well that's Why where aren't you working that's <laughs> where you hold all your attention yeah, right guys hold all their stress yeah. in their penis. That's yeah. our joke. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does get pretty turgid. <laughs> um, turgid, like that yeah. word. So yeah. when somebody has one issue with the ED, mm-hmm. and then they have another one and another one, then it really starts to snowball, and oh, then yeah. they feel like they have a real problem because mm-hmm. they're getting kind of carried away with it, and they're beating themselves up mentally Mm -hmm. so then they come and see me and rapid ejaculation is kind of related as well they're both this kind of a dysfunction that has more a mental component most of this stuff is mental it's Mm -hmm. not physical very often yeah Mm -hmm. um so the things that i do with a client is i always do a talking consult first and Mm -hmm. get a lot of information and i like to build a foundation of trust and intimacy and connection and respect Mm -hmm. all of that stuff so i i don't just meet with someone and just crash into them right away yeah (laughs) so you're not like hi nice to meet you blam yeah Yeah. let's get to bed come on yeah yeah they might not be comfortable with that right (laughs) well i think that one thing that we don't realize in our society is that especially for women but men people need to feel safe Mm -hmm. in order to let down their guard and relax and feel pleasure and have the blood flow and all that stuff. So it's really important to establish that comfort. So I do my intake and I take down, I ask them about their history. I ask them about their experiences and it's always good to ask about their family upbringing because a lot of that stuff is connected. And there are things that they don't connect in the modern time. So like what? So going on with my little rambling, yeah, there was this one man who came to me, and let's just say it's July now. He 
was he in April he had this problem where he couldn't have an orgasm mm -hmm. and it was from April and now it's July and he finally came to me and he said what's wrong why am I broken and I asked him all these questions and then I said well this, what happened in April yeah and he was he said oh well my dad died but I've got process that I got over that yeah and I said hmm, well you know? maybe you didn't <laughs> actually grief from parent loss is like a really it's like deep. it's really impactful it's oh, like yeah. it hits people it's yeah it's hard to get in the mood when you when you're dealing with such a big crisis like a death or something like and that and there's layers yeah. of subconscious or big change yeah that we don't really realize and mm -hmm. it's just always this kind of discovery process oh, and yeah. so I said to him do you think that you're still grieving and he said no I said okay and um, I think that his body was holding back on the pleasure because he was feeling guilt feelings about some you know the the death and maybe feeling bad that he's still going on I don't know yeah. so what we did this was an easy fix some of them take more time but all we did is did a ritual for his father and lit a candle hmm. Hmm. After we did our intake and after we did, so anyway, so we lit this candle and then we had, and he was fine. Like he was t totally fixed just like that. Yeah. Just because wow. he had that. Well, we have candles right here. Yeah. You need to, we were holding a to seance complete. earlier. Yeah. So. But <laughs> rituals are really They're awesome yeah. for all kinds of healing. Oh, so. yeah. Humans like yeah. rituals a lot, yeah. I've noticed. Like in everything in religion. Well, like for weddings, for funerals, everything. for loss yeah. of any sort. I think it helps people kind of turn the page and, and mm -hmm. move on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I keep going around, but um, so we do an intake, and then I always have a intro intimacy session. So what we'll do is we will do body show and tell, mm -hmm. and I will undress from the waist up, and I will talk about my body from the top of my head down, and explain different things that I like about my body and what I don't like about my body, show off little scars or whatever, and then it's their turn, hmm. and then they show me their body, yeah. and then I come back over here to my waist down, and then I, <laughs> I have so much fun. Like, I love this stuff so much, but then I do, um, people see lots of porn and so forth, and oh, they've yeah. definitely mm -hmm. seen different genitals, but then I get to show them my genitals, I get to point out the parts and show them in a way that some people don't even know where a clitoris is, you know? They I don't know. even know where things are and stuff. And, I, and then they get to just see this person who's a real live person. Yeah. Lots of women who own vaginas don't look at their vaginas. Totally true. <laughs> I've, I've hosted pussy parties before. Interesting. And what is that? To learn more about a pussy party. What is that? It's okay to bunny trail. Yeah. It's allowed. <laughs> just um, where a group of women, say 12 women, will come together and it's totally non-sexual, non-erotic but we all sit and open up our legs and talk about our relationship to our pussy and that it's, it's some of the women it's the first time they've actually looked at it with a mirror and stuff and, huh. and so it's really validating because some I mean oh my gosh it, it, people leave feeling so much more normal and better well so many women so I've seen this in my practice and you have to tell me what you think on this but like so many women they're like oh it's so gross or I'm so uncomfortable with it or they like they hate their vaginas there's like a real oh misshapen instead and I would see that as being like a very valuable thing to do to just kind of like no you're this is normal this is what it's supposed to look like it's yeah. beautiful you don't need a labiaplasty which by the way is a horrible surgery no. that nobody usually needs no <laughs> totally. no you generally don't cut 
down there, it's not a good idea. It's a bad <laughs> idea, but because women not meant have for this knives. kind of vagina shame, I'm yeah. going to call it yeah, that, sure. um, they do. They worry about the way it looks. And porn actually picks for smaller looking labia. So mm-hmm. when women see that, and they're they all think my vagina is wrong. Everybody has perfect labia, circumcised, no hair. <laughs> what? Circumcised? <laughs> yeah, in porn. Even oh, the men. guys? Men. The men, and oh, the men are all men. circumcised. We didn't hear it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. No, female like, circumcision, no. What country what? are we in? No, no, no. <laughs> in porn, all the men are circumcised. Yes. Which is still cutting. They're still cutting down there. And they're larger size. And oh, yeah. And then all these teen larger. boys see them and they're like, oh my God, I'm tired. Mine's not 17 inches long. What's wrong? Yeah, yeah. I've had guys come in just to have me say it's their penis is normal. <laughs> and I don't even look at it. I don't look at it because I'm not hands on. But like, they're like, but I'm worried it's like six inches. Is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. they don't even care that much. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so true. I I'm so lucky that I've played with hundreds and hundreds of them. Oh wow! And I can tell. I am an expert. I can absolutely tell you if you're measuring up or not. Yeah. I've only seen one micro penis in my whole life. Huh? In real life. How big was it? It was smaller than my pinky. It was oh. micro penis, very small. Mm. It was like you can't put a condom on it. Oh no. That's anyway. not good. Anyway, anyway, that must have been tough. But I do yeah. want to say that at one of the pussy parties, we have all these different shapes and sizes and uh, landscaping and all of that. But this one woman opened up her legs and her vulva and her yoni, you know, the yoni is the whole female mm-hmm. package. It looked exactly like one of those Madonna Mary statues that is in a yard. Really? It was, it, it was shaped it was the Madonna. with the head was just exactly it's a sign from the God. clit. <laughs> and then her labia was like the flowing robes. And I it almost had rays of light coming from it. It was amazing. It was so beautiful. Like we all went. <gasps> was it holding it was, a baby? <laughs> she, she had a baby before. But no, I yeah. know That's meant. interesting. It was so cool. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, so at, going back to the original topic, what was oh, what's yeah. the next step? Oh wow! <laughs> oh my gosh! What we were, were we talking, talking about, about the intimate. You do like an intimacy assessment, right? Yeah. I'm glad that I don't do this in the sessions. Otherwise, we'd be there all day. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's okay. People like the stories. That's kind okay. of what you know we're doing. Yeah. Um, so then uh, they get to see me, and then I get to see them, and I get to look at their stuff and ask them how do you like it does it give you pleasure you know and just normalize things so Mm -hmm. this is all unusual for people they're used to going on a date and coming home and fumbling around and being a little drunk and being in the dark Mm -hmm. and trying to impress people oh yeah it's always great first time drunk (laughs) i'm an advocate of sober sex yeah (laughs) it works so much better it does you gotta feel it for real it's much better that way after seven (laughs) beers i'm nothing down there yeah And then, um, so it's, there's some satisfaction in what I do where someone comes into my space and they're very nervous and they feel, they're they're also excited, but they don't know what to expect. And this is a new novelty thing. It's very unusual. So then it's so fun to watch them melt away. And some people don't get naked around people regularly. And so they do. And then they feel how normal it feels. And Mm -hmm. then we're in the broad daylight and we're talking back and forth we're communicating we're just it's just so natural and they get so relaxed and it's just beautiful it's just so satisfying that's awesome and then we do body mapping what's body mapping so after we do our body show and tell then i have them lie face down on the bed and then we go over the entire i touch the entire his entire body Mm 99 percent of my clients are men And I start at the top and work my way down and I ask him, I just talk about, well, does this touch feel good? How's this pressure? Is this too ticklish? 
and there's different types of touch and I explain that to them I say do you ever get massage that's a that's a healing kind of touch if you're in a hospital and a nurse is taking care of you that's a caregiving kind of touch and if you're cuddling your child that's a I don't know another familial. kind of like familiar yes yep. exactly and then we don't get to do sensual or erotic touch often enough except for me I do yeah <laughs> you get to but people lack on that and some yeah. of the men I've been with I, I would say probably a good dozen men out there in the world I'm the only woman they've ever been with ever mm. yeah and they're in their 30s yeah and that I try to get them trained and experienced and then you know let them fly out of the nest right. and find relationships but if you've had a history of 20 years of being scared of women mm-hmm. or having um, real bad social anxiety or something it can be hard to overcome so oh, yeah, so then can. I, yeah. I can be a safe place for them and so again this is all about being a safe place and so we do the body mapping and we mm-hmm. explain all that stuff and they turn over and usually by then everything's just lovely like it's all natural and nice and it just depends on people sometimes it takes a few sessions sometimes mm-hmm. just one you know yeah and then uh, we just go with the flow the point of the session is not for entertainment sure. it's meant to be therapeutic and it's meant to be educational enlightening um, I could see a bunch of couples like being like finding value in that it's kind of similar to sensate focus although only it seems like yeah. it's more in depth because I mean, like many of my couples that I've seen have never, they've never touched each other like that. They, they're doing what you described earlier. Where what they do they just, do? They just have sex in the dark. They never look at each it's other. Totally true. They I never talk it, yeah. to each other about what they're doing. Like, and what you're describing there is really, I mean, that would be so intimate to be able to share with a partner. Yeah. yeah. It, I feel, I've done research on sacred prostitution and it feels like a temple. It feels very sacred. It feels very loving. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's, it's just so intimate. And, you know, people have... People think that men just want to around, run around and um, copulate and hump and do yeah. all this stuff. But they really, really want what everyone wants, like women want. We want to be touched and caressed and connected and have that intimacy. That holding part is as important, if not more important. Than You're saying men just want to cuddle, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love to cuddle. Absolutely. We cuddled just last night. Well, we had an episode a while back about how cuddling can be like a savior to marriage because I think couples aren't doing that regularly either. And that's a real problem. Yeah. It's hard to go from I haven't seen you all day to now we're having sex and you haven't had any sort of touch transition. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, absolutely. Men want to be touched. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, um, and men also want to give and receive and I teach Mm -hmm. people about that I teach people that in order to have uh, good sexual tension you need to be good at giving but you also need to learn how to be selfish Mm -hmm. you need to learn that stuff and so some men have been so trained by society that they're so withdrawn and you know all that you can't share feelings kind of stuff but they Mm. are afraid of offending a woman which i appreciate that a lot sure and some are just really aggressive but i you know yeah i don't don't, don't (laughs) deal with football players very often or whatever i don't know um so then i will let them explore these different roles as well to see do you feel like would you like to be ravished or would you rather ravish somebody Mm -hmm. and just finding out what these different kind of um energies are coming from yeah Hmm. so then that's kind of wraps up the session the goal is not orgasm the goal is not erection the goal is not any of that stuff the goal goal is is to be comfortable in themselves yes and and that melting the layers and building this intimacy foundation 
basically letting go of the expectations maybe society has put on them for like, right. this is what you're supposed to be as a sexual person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. There's so <laughs> many creative ways. To me, sex is a creative process and it's a playful process. It's grown up fun. And <laughs> that's stuff. Some people take it so seriously and they're so tense. And I, I get, I get yeah. jokey with people. I tease them, you know, like, yep. you know, in a way that makes them feel comfortable. Right. And, I totally do it too. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> So, yeah. um, have you noticed that? Like, um, I find that that's actually almost the on only way you can get people to open up a little bit about sex is getting them yes. to play a little Break bit and laugh ice. about it. Break the ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and acknowledge some things that you know, like some things are slimy, some things are, you know, but you <laughs> yes. know what? Some things are, some things are yucky. Yeah. And yeah. That's okay. <laughs> it is because you've got you've got towels and showers. We have this amazing modern yep. yeah. uh, next <laughs> the modern towel. <laughs> Brought to you by Johnson and Johnson. And, and, and I think some of the best sex is messy, you know. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. So, I don't Get know. it everywhere. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. then after that, then any subsequent sessions will have a different goal. So it's about building these different layers, and a lot yeah. of people just go right into stuff pretty quickly, or don't have that sort of um, build up that some people call it foreplay, but that's kind of misleading because that means that you're going to lead up to the main event, but it can mm. be the, you know, it just depends. Like it can be, it can be the creative. cake. <laughs> yes, yeah. And my partner and I, we, we don't have regular intercourse. Like you think all the time we do all this different stuff all the time. Like we're constantly doing things that don't involve the PIV, the penis mm -hmm. and vagina. Yeah. Yeah. Which Sounds is the good. main way that people have sex. I wonder if that would be a good, Time to transition and well, bring him in. <laughs> so we're going to take a little break, and we'll be right back. And, and next, we're going to actually talk about more of the personal life of being a sex surrogate and what it's like to be the partner of a sex mm -hmm. surrogate. And we'll be right back. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Welcome back. And we're talking again with Kendra Holiday and her partner, Matt. I'm Josh, and Andalus Gertrude's here. Hello. And so now we're going to talk a little bit more about your what it's like to be a sex surrogate personally and what it's like to be the partner of a sex surrogate. So uh, first question I have is like, how do you make sure you're safe in these situations? Oh, that's such a great question. I sometimes just assume, you know, like it's, uh, it's such a part of my life that, yeah, I, I just, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Next question. What's the answer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> So my, um, my partner, Matthew, his biggest concern with me is safety. Yes. Mm -hmm. Naturally, he doesn't meet my clients, mm -hmm. so he doesn't know them, which means he can't trust them. So he has mm -hmm. to trust me to screen people and make good decisions about who I'm going to share intimate space with. So when I, we first got together and I was doing this, that was the huge concern. So it's really important. Uh, he knows whenever I have an appointment, I check in with him before a session, and then I am to check in with him within 15 minutes after a session. Mm -hmm. And if I don't, then he contacts me and so on. So we have a safety, yeah. uh, that safety feature oh, like in if place. you're going oh, on a smart. hike, you tell someone where you're going. Thank exactly. You. <laughs> I guess it's that similar. Way yeah. get, that <laughs> yeah. way if you're lost sure. and you're, yeah. you <laughs> might die of exposure, somebody is a lifeline for you. Yeah. <laughs> And um, let's see. Then. So where you normally do like the sessions, is it uh, 
Yeah, I have a like I have a home at your office. Home. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and my bed is my desk. Okay. <laughs> so it's your in... environment too, so it's a little it safer there. Yeah. yeah. Since she did bring in Matt, can we ask him a little bit about yeah. that too? Like Matt, sure. what is what is what are your biggest safety concerns when it comes to her doing her work? Because I I know I would have a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the biggest concern for me is that there's a a locked door that I can't get through quick enough. Yeah. You know, that mm-hmm. uh, when she's in a room with any male who's over the age of 18 mm-hmm. it can be problematic if they choose to do things I mean, right i know that i feel if i lock a door and i want to take advantage of someone i can that's part of the mm-hmm. problem of being a man in society and yep. you know i mean lots of men have issues with that and when you put any kind of sexual connotation to a situation it changes points of view for men a lot if mm-hmm. they don't know how to deal with that control mm-hmm. you know yeah. so that's the biggest thing, but I mean the screening process has been great because she meets people in public. Oh yeah, okay. that's right. Before oh, they that's, come well, over, that's good. I was curious so about that. There's yeah. always a public session somewhere where you meet, she meets, and if the, she gets a bad vibe, they don't go forward. That's right. good, and, and that's happened twice. That's smart. You had yeah. to say no to two different. Yes, I said yeah. that I couldn't. I wasn't within the scope of what they were needing because they needed to go see a therapist to work through anger issues or something okay. oh was that the bad vibes some anger <laughs> yeah i could tell one yeah, of them hated of women oh <laughs> I didn't want to... <laughs> yeah you don't want to be alone with them yeah no. you need to see a therapist first. <laughs> so yeah. it's worked really yeah. well i mean yeah. that process has worked extremely well that's good there's never we've never had an issue with never. you've never had a dangerous situation because no. you've had that screening huh. process. and i think that That's with good. me being such a public personality with my blog and being very mm-hmm. transparent and putting yeah. a lot out there they know i have a partner yeah mm-hmm. and there's nothing shady about the website yeah. her picture is there yeah her picture you know, is right I there mean, I everything is it, yeah. there it's not a craigslist ad that mm-hmm. says hey give tribute you right. know? <laughs> people know that they're doing this yeah. and it, i mean to me it should be totally fine for anyone to do that on this level, there's no yeah. drugs involved. There's yeah. not mm-hmm. a pimp. There's no. There's two you know, consenting adults. Right. There's yeah. consenting I agree. adults, yeah. and mm-hmm. and the stories that I've heard are completely fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated with her work and mm-hmm. extremely proud. And it makes me proud that she's making a difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. it yeah. is my personal legend. So, you know, we all have a legacy, and that's my gift is that I can be intimate with these people that were strangers just a little bit ago, mm-hmm. and get into this loving. This space is just really. It's just really a beautiful thing, and I'm, I'm very honored about it. And so, um, again, I've been with hundreds of clients, and I've never mm-hmm. had an issue. I've never been in a dangerous situation because I think that the people who seek me out, a lot of them have kind of a submissive personality or have that lack of experience. Mm-hmm. They're not predator types. Yeah. <laughs> and I also, um, fe- they, they really respect my rules and boundaries in when we're in person. So That's good. they see me as a an expert and they let me lead and they follow directions very well i'll tell you this i've been sexually assaulted and um raped and things in my personal life in the past you know a few times it happens but i've never had that in my professional life it's never been an issue so Mm -hmm. i always feel like you need to look out for the people you know better (laughs) than uh than strangers well there's some research to back that up it usually things like that are happening with either friends or family yeah Yeah. and i think that having rules and boundaries in place is very helpful for people Mm -hmm. when you don't have that 
that structure, then you're going to be, oh, you know, like you might take a risk that, you know, like you might push whatever. Anyway. So, um, yeah, absolutely. People hurt each other without even trying because they don't talk about boundaries that are present. Like a big part of my work is like letting them know, Hey, so, you know, there are real boundaries in, existing mm -hmm. in your relationship and it'd be better for them to talk and be clear about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm, my guess is that that's like a part of the process the entire way. Right. All that open communication and feedback constantly. You don't want anyone enduring something. You don't want them putting up with yeah. something. You want it to be, yeah, yeah, so it's so good. And then another big factor is um, physical health. Yeah. So I, it's important that I stay healthy, and mm -hmm. I do get tested quarterly for STIs. Do you mm -hmm. use condoms? I always use condoms for penetration, and I have never had an STI, which is That's like awesome. there's That's amazing. A, there's a, an expression. There's a quote about of like a arctic explorer who's never had frostbite <laughs> and so that's it's that's just funny. i don't know i i feel like i'm doing something right if i'm keeping healthy that way yeah. and i always wash up afterwards it's mm -hmm. important some people when they're out kind of having hookups and stuff they'll just pass out afterwards yeah. and that gives you a chance to incubate stuff yeah, so i, I get washed up right away and mm -hmm. and it works really well which is a good way to avoid yeast infections and bladder infections oh, too and urinating afterwards yeah, 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 yeah people yeah. don't know that yeah. <laughs> like just yep. basic stuff always yeah. use the bathroom yeah. afterwards yeah. yeah. Okay. So you mentioned you're actually, you're more of a public figure. Mm -hmm. So that means everybody in your life knows what you do. Yeah, yeah. So do you have a religious family? Like this is St. Louis and I have to say St. Louis a, is pretty conservative. It's pretty conservative area. Catholic. Like like how did how has your family always known or did at some point you kind of tell them or Um I have an unusual family. My parents mm -hmm. have been married for over 50 years. They're wow. still together. Um, they're quite characters and I've been doing this for like a decade or so yeah. and at first they were worried about my safety too mm. they I've always been open about stuff but just I just talked to them the other day and they're just, they're so proud of me too for That's what awesome. I do and I've been able to speak with them openly I've been able to um, give them advice and I find that everyone wants intimacy and connection unless they don't of course there's some people who don't but mm -hmm. most people crave that sort of connection whether you are even a child for a platonic kind of thing and people in their 70s and 80s will still want that you know and mm -hmm. people think that at some point people don't have that need anymore or if someone's in a wheelchair that they aren't sexual that kind of stuff is important to address and um, break up those misconceptions. So I, all that to say that I've helped my parents work through some stuff because life changes over time. And that's another thing. When a man comes to me and says that his penis isn't working the way it used to, that's okay. It's part of the process. And then you just have to find ways to work around it mm -hmm. and do adaptive kind of things and... I forgot to mention, there's breathing exercises. Oh, yeah. I'm all over the place. I'd oh, like, I'd like to turn that question on Matt for a bit, if you don't oh, mind. Because, no. I mean, you know, I wonder if, yeah. you know, like you also, I mean, you know, one of the rules here is no face and, yeah. and no last name, right? And so I'm really curious if your family, if there's any issues in that area of like what their thoughts are or what if there's religious people, you know? Yeah. Um, also, I never asked, are you religious? Like, I don't even... <laughs> Like, oh, oh uh, I was raised Methodist. No. You were raised Methodist. Yes. I'm not really raised Methodist. And I'm atheist yeah. now. Okay. But go on. Sorry. I'm yeah. bad like, about I that. Finish. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Bad, Josh. No cookie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, when my mom was alive, she was kind of religious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't let other people's religion bother me mm -hmm. like that. That's their responsibility and not mine. Mm -hmm. You know? 
Um, so I was married, I got divorced, all that, you know, and, and then uh, made a few decisions in my life about how I wanted to move forward. And Kendra and I started dating. And at first I didn't reveal what she did. Um, and she was really just kind of getting into it at that point anyway. We've been yeah. together nine years. Yeah. Wow. So it's been nine years. Um, That's awesome. But in the end, you know, I told everyone. I mean, they knew. They were aware. Yeah. Um, and I think my mom took some issues. She, she kind of took issue that we weren't living together. Yeah. That our relationship wasn't serious, mm. you know. Mm. And it's extremely interesting to me when people are in relationships and they bicker at each other all the time they live together uh -huh. and then they tell other people that their relationship isn't valid and i'm looking at this thing, <laughs> that's funny what what are you what are you talking like i mean it's the hypocrisy of, yeah you know what society expects a relationship should yeah. be but yeah yeah do you, i let do you i mean two cohabitate now no no and you we don't. never we, we probably never will yeah i mean that's a conscious i think that's the foundation for a strong relationship yes living in separate households yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's always just, in my face just just jumping in here we did make a conscious decision not to blend our families yeah, yeah. so we both have children we both have yeah. separate houses we're very fortunate we live a few minutes apart oh yeah it's that's awesome. nice okay. yeah. and we see each other about two or three times a week and the chemistry is great like there's yeah. we we don't ever disagree well we disagree i guess well, but we don't yeah. we never fight we never yeah well i, I mean i cohabitated for 10 years yeah and i decided i never wanted to do that again yeah and that was it it's my choice to do that sure. and i think that kendra had that choice as well i mean she has her own place she got her own place after we got together and she I was kind of space. in transition there yeah. too mm -hmm. but back to the religion thing i mean i think that religion is probably 95% of the issues that people deal with with sex. Oh, yeah. And I think that it's a problem in our society. It teaches them to suppress absolutely. their natural instincts. Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, so hmm. my dad and his family aren't really religious, you know, but people have hang-ups. And conservative, about, yeah. When they find out that Kendra is a sex worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they did, I mean, I think there was some whispering and some hush, sure. hush, but I don't deal with people. They can speak behind my back all they want <laughs> until they come to me and talk. I to like me that attitude. It's like, it's their problem. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you want to whisper, whisper behind my back and talk, you know, so there was some, but as long as you're and, happy, that's yeah. what's important. Well, and that's yeah. the other thing. I mean, what that I finally came to after my divorce, not even being in a relationship, but I was happy with my life, the way it was going. And the fact that maybe parents or other people in my family didn't agree with how I was leaving, leading my life didn't bother me. It's either you want, you, you can't be happy because I'm happy. Mm -hmm. I've got kids, they're healthy, they're in school. I've got a career, you know, I yeah. mean, why wouldn't I be happy? Yeah. Sounds yeah. awesome. And just yeah. because you think I need to be married to have a valid relationship. And yeah. we didn't want to go into family therapy if our kids <laughs> live together. <laughs> that's, that's, it's so oh, hard yeah. to blend the family. So Josh, yeah, we just need to move apart and we'll hey. be, nah. they'll last yeah. forever. I like you. I like you too. We yeah. always make jokes. Yeah. <laughs> sure. There, there are definitely issues with living with a partner, yeah, I think. Sure. But. Oh yeah. There's definitely a lot more negotiation involved. Yeah. I she think. always wants me to pick my clothes up. I know. <laughs> See, I was just going to say that yeah. resentment can build. Some when, people, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, we don't we don't let that. Sorry. I mean, we did that before, both of us. With So you were both yeah. married previously. Two, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I was married seven-ish years. You were married ten years. Yeah, nine-ish, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hmm. 
Interesting. And I had a typical vanilla arrangement, monogamous, mm-hmm. and I, As did I. And at the en- by the mm-hmm. end, it, I mean, I had five-ish really happy years. They were very boring years. They were very secure, <laughs> and it was very um, status quo. But yeah. I started itching after a while, and the resentment was building up, and um, I did not want to have that again, you know. So, yeah. so you were monogamous as well. Yeah. Were you um, both? Uh, mono- you were both mon- monogamous. Did you? Were you both already poly before you met each other? Or no. No. no? Yeah. Okay, I'm interested for both of you. Yeah, Maybe you sure. first, because I'm trying to even it out a little yeah. bit. What made you decide that you were open to that lifestyle? Like, what made you think about it initially? So one second, actually, we're actually gonna oh, we'll in this episode and yep. next episode. That's what we're gonna be <laughs> oh, talking about. Oh so yeah, that's right. We just want to get no, into it fine. all, right? <laughs> no, what next episode? We're gonna talk about what it's like to be in more of an open relationship, yeah. and we'll maybe talk a little bit about modern masculinity yes. and kinks and all that good yeah, fun all stuff. All the fun stuff. So this has been Josh and Angela Skirtu, and thank you, Kendra Holiday and Matt. Matthew for being yeah. with us. Did you guys? Did you want to plug your something? Website. Like your website. Oh right, yeah. Uh, so my professional website for my consulting and that is beopenandhonest.com. Mm-hmm. My personal blog with all the fun pictures and stories Ooh. is thebeautifulkind.com, and then my volunteer organization's website is sexstl.com, and that's uh, my volunteer arm. My personal and my professional. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. And then, of course, if you need to see a sex therapist, then you can always find me at www.therapistinsaintlouis.com. And this is the About Sex Podcast. Yeah, so make sure to, like, thumb us up and like us and all that good stuff. Yeah. We'll talk to you later. Have Bye. a good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.